You're listening to the Virtual World Society podcast. For this episode, I had the exciting privilege of doing live interviews at AWE. In this special episode, you'll hear from Cousin Christie, Sarah Porter, Lydia Berry, Tom Furness, Kyle Moran, and Ari Tar. To get involved with our organization, head over to virtualworldsociety.org. What's going on, everybody? It is Maxwell here at AWE with Cause and Christy. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, doing great. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's great to have you. Um, as far as AWE, is this your first AWE? No, we've been here three times now. Yep. Three times? Yeah, um, but this time we're getting to explore the expo hall a little bit more than last yeah. couple times. So yeah. It's massive, isn't it? This year, I mean, it literally feels like it goes on for about a half mile. It's, it's pretty mind-blowing. What are the booths that are really exciting you this year? Well, we just checked out the Think Reality, Lenovo Think Reality VRX headset. Super comfortable. Enjoyed yes. that. Um, of course, we stopped by our friends over at BRC VR. Yeah, VR workout. Yep, VR workout. <laughs> uh, definitely, you know, just kind of like going back and forth and testing different headsets. You know, we've been accustomed to the Quest 2 for so long, but now there are so many more options on the market. Like, it's all right, let's 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 get out here and actually put one of these on my face, see how it feels on my head, see how it looks when I turn around, you know. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's nice to get to really touch these things. Right, yeah. right. No, it is an awesome experience, and have you met a lot of people that you've seen in VR and on Teams and Zoom and everything? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I will say the very first time we came to AWE, we hadn't met most people in person beforehand, but yet it still felt like a family reunion because we we hug yeah, each other in VR, we know each other, we hang out, and so... We've met for the first time physically, but it still felt like seeing old friends. There, there would even be moments where we would meet them and both of us would not even realize, oh my God, I'm actually meeting you for the first time in real life. Like, oh. Yeah, that's right. So tell me a little bit about uh, Cause and Christie. Well, we're an immersive XR design company. We've um, started our journey in alt space, but we've branched out and we basically, you know, a, a blender heavy kind of modeling of... You know, we do environments, we do previs for products, we can do, you know, uh, animations, we can do a lot of things that people need. So we've, we've kind of started to diversify where we go. And lately we got into volumetric capture, which is what our talk was uh, this time. Yeah, fantastic. And I can imagine people really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed that talk. Can you give us a little bit of a preview of it? Yeah, so we did Meet the Makers. We had a panel with us, Cos and Christy, yeah. as well as James George from Scatter and, and Alina Peach from Zero Space out in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, it was moderated by Ben Irwin, who's the uh, creator of the Polly's WebXR Awards, which yeah. is what really what's centered around the whole thing because we got pulled into that to, to do the volumetric capture integration into a Unity world and then streaming back out to the live broadcast, right, yeah. all yeah. while running it live behind yeah. the scenes with a script. It was, yeah. it was intense, and we had about three days yeah. to learn it all, implement it, and get it going. And, and work Set up it. our camera tracks yeah. to fly through the world and actually see that they are the speakers are volumetrically present in the world yeah. and set yeah. the hotkeys so we could like switch between cameras, pull up portals so people could step into the world yeah. and through the volumetric capture stage. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> so 
you know, as a duo organization and working together, it must also be really exciting to see the different technologies that are now tied into XR, such as AI. Is there anything that specifically excites you about AI, especially as content creators? I've really enjoyed lately the AI skybox generators, to be honest, yeah, because yeah. one of the things that is seems to be the hardest in this space to really find good ones of are, are skyboxes, you know, and uh, and really, I mean, we, uh, just lately, starting to see some incredible, um, really like um, AI. Not you know, everybody wants to focus on the text prompt to things, but this is uh, I've seen a lot of photogrammetry now. AI is being used right. to basically just video around an object, and suddenly you can make a very nice not just a not just like a matterport scan but it it retopologizes it refigures out everything it yeah. puts normal maps on it and everything it's it's pretty wild where it's getting and yeah. i'm excited for the next year <laughs> yeah well that's incredible what are your hopes for cause and christy moving forward in the future just keep creating awesome immersive experiences for people to connect with each other in but also transfer and take what they with that experience that they have together back into the physical world. Yeah. So it's not an isolated thing, it's something that you actually encode it as a memory, a core memory, and you bring it with you forward on your path. Wonderful, well thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I'm really excited for the future of your company, really excited for the both of you, and it was great to meet you both at AWE this year. Likewise. Thank you, very thank likewise. You. Excellent, thank you so much, and uh, let's have some fun. Yeah. What is going on, everybody? It is Maxwell here with... Sarah Porter. Sarah Porter, thank you so much for agreeing to this interview. Of course, no, I'm excited to do this. Absolutely, so tell me a little bit about Hope for Haiti. Yeah, so we've been working in the south of Haiti for 34 years now, and we focus on poverty alleviation. So we have four core program models. We focus on education, healthcare, clean water, and economic development. And most recently, our team has been responding to the 2021 earthquake that hit the country right in our backyard. So we've been really focused on a long-term recovery plan that also includes rebuilding several schools that were damaged and destroyed. So we're busy, and um, one of the reasons I think we've been so successful in Haiti is because the majority of our staff is actually Haitian. We have 150 full-time Haitian staff members, all from the local community. You know, it's personal to them. In the U.S., we're much smaller, so people like me who are focused on raising resources and support so our team in Haiti can do the work. And also finding creative ways <laughs> to raise that support and those resources and awareness. Yeah. What are some creative ways that you can raise support? Well, this is why we're here today. Um, so we actually partnered with a VR studio to recreate one of our partner schools in Haiti through a digital twin um, for an immersive VR experience. So people behind me are actually putting on the headset and you can explore one of our schools. So you can walk through three classrooms. You can even pick up a piece of chalk right on the chalkboard. You can pump one of our water wells because we do a lot of clean water work in Haiti. Fill up a bucket, you can throw the bucket if you want. You can raise and lower the Haitian flag. Um, and it can be an event space too. We can bring people in, you know, as avatars and you know, run an event, host a discussion. But it's for us, it's been this really new, interesting way to connect people to Haiti. Because we can't bring everyone to Haiti. But for me, it's like, well, maybe VR is a way to bring Haiti to everyone and really open the door for that conversation. Yeah. And how can people get more involved with those organizations? 
Yeah, well, we'd ask people, one, check out our website, um, hopeforhaiti.com. We're always looking, again, to align with partners that also you know, share the same beliefs that we do for a better world, um, new partnerships. We have events throughout the year. We'll actually have our big event coming up in New York City in October. We'd love for people to join us. You know, feel free to reach out to me. Like I'm always happy to talk about not only what we're doing in Haiti, but also what we're doing in the Web3 space and how we can bring others on board with us. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, and people definitely need to get involved with this incredible organization. And thank you so much for the work that you do, especially, you know, for these communities, but also in XR, because this is such a perfect use case for XR. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for just being you. Oh, thank you, Max Ells. This was fun. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much, and uh, yeah, we will see you at AWE. Hello, everyone. It is Maxwell. I'm here with Lydia Berry, Chief Operations Officer. How are you doing today? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's really wonderful to uh, it's really wonderful to see you, and I'm so glad that we could connect. Tell me a little bit about this uh, this this fitness resort. So we're about a year into our startup journey, and for us, we wanted to make a fitness experience that was fun, social, accessible, and we actually wanted to do it all on WebXR. So we have fully committed, we are not a native app. You find us in the browser in any of the headsets that have supported browsers. And we are really at a crucial stage in our product development. So we are focused on making it as a high performance, really quality visuals as possible for the users. We do understand that we've still got to get more people into the headset. And for us, because we're really focusing on fitness enthusiasts, um, we know that they might not have a headset. So we just want to get the word out as much as possible that uh, there are some really fun ways to get fit at home uh, in your VR headset. Yeah. That's what I notice about uh, about fitness is that there's a lot of hesitation with it because it's not as fun, you know, lifting weights or running on a treadmill. Sure, you can listen to music. You can, you know, there's certain things you can do. But you know, I want to go biking. I want to, you know, I want to uh, experience swimming. I want to do these things. So your concept that you're talking about is right up my alley, and I really love it. So essentially, you want to get more people involved in fitness who otherwise would be kind of bored by, you know, the at-home fitness routines, which are very boring. So the objective then is to make it more exciting for people. Correct. So for us, one of the things when you're working out is this the repetition, like you say, it's boring and you're kind of doing those movements for their own sake. Whereas something that we wanted to really tap into was more of the sport mentality where there's competition and with sports, you're not thinking about, I need to do this movement seven times. You're thinking, I need to beat my opponent. I need to get that thing done to win. So for us in our um, demo that we're showing here at AWE US, um, and we're going to be then going into a closed beta phase um, for our product testing, um, it's hoverboarding. So we're actually tapping into a virtual sport, um, but it taps into um, real world techniques and it's a whole body workout. So you're going to be doing squats, you're going to be doing arm movements, and you can do that either in single player mode or multiplayer. And the multiplayer, I think, is where the social aspect really comes into it, but also the fun. Like you say, especially when you're at home, it can be really boring um, and entirely 2D. Whereas this is immersive and that, that 20 minute workout, we, do, we are um, developing a HIT program as well in, in, in the space, uh, that's going to fly. Yeah. 
you're going to not have enough time to do what you want to do in it. Yeah. So, yes, hopefully that's what we're going to be able to show people. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting and I absolutely love the concept of it. Now, how long have you been involved in the XR community? So for myself, I've been involved for a couple of years now. Um, I am a non-technical person, I suppose you would say, so I'm not a developer. Um, so, of course, in my role as, as Chief Operations Officer, I'm more looking at the business and getting it all set up so that we can actually be a commercial, successful and sustainable business. We're really interested in pioneering WebXR as a... <sighs> as a complete part of the VR community. So at the moment, I think we're a bit kind of on the edge, um, but we want to really show with the fitness resort that it's viable. You really can develop a company that is monetized and commercially successful, um, but entirely focused on WebXR. Well, this is, a again, a wonderful concept. I'm really excited for it. So people can access it on web-ready headsets then. Correct. So um, any um, hardware that has a browser, you just go to the URL and there we are. Um, at the moment though, we're in the demo phase and we're in a closed beta phase. So what we're asking for is for people to sign up and I've got a QR code and a URL as you might expect, um, in order to, we really need the feedback. So we're at that stage where um, we want people to tell us like how does it feel, what does the motion feel like, is it easy to play, what, we just need as much feedback as possible. Um, you know, any, any good product startup is all about product market fit. So that's the stage we're at at the moment. Well, listen, I'm very excited for this and people need to check this out. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What is going on? It's Maxwell with the Virtual World Society here with the legendary Tom Furness, the founder of the Virtual World Society. Tom, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Yeah. Great day, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's an absolutely beautiful day. Is this your first day AWE or you've been to oh, many no. of these? Yeah. Many of them. Yes. Yeah. 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 But not in the recent past because of COVID and things like that. But uh, so it's, it's good to be back. Right, right. Yeah. So what does it feel like, especially after the pandemic, to have AWE really explode? I feel like this year there's so many people, there's so many newcomers. What does it feel like to have this community just enlarge in such a, such a time span? Well, it, it's clear that uh, we're back. I mean, that uh, uh, the problem, of course, uh, was having a meeting like this, a super spreader meeting, yeah, yeah. was that people couldn't come and that it was done online for a couple of years. And But now I feel that, uh, that people are back and the energy is enormous. Yeah. The new ideas, here we're on the expo floor, I'm seeing the new technology that's just thrilling to me, you know, where I started, uh, uh, you know, some... Uh, since 1966 when I started working on this stuff. So um, it's really gratifying to see that the technology is coming along and actually more exciting than that are the applications that I see. Uh, medical, educational applications are out here on the floor. Uh, infrastructure things, uh, you know, what's what we see from uh, uh, Qualcomm and Snapdragon and all the infrastructure we need to have, it's all coming around. And uh, so I think we're at the cusp, you know, of that this tipping point of having a, a major revolution in the way we use technology to help humanity. And, you know, now, the, of course, the big elephant in the room is AI. Right. And AI is now being added to XR. And a lot of people are saying, I agree, that really the um, that AI, we 
is really a, another tool, but it's actually is going to help us with the interface into uh, XR, into the metaverse and things like that. Yeah. 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 It's really fascinating to see the new technologies that keep getting incorporated into XR. And when you were first creating you know, this technology, when you were first developing, especially the cockpits that you were developing, did you have an expectation that it would explode the way that it did? Because there's so many of us here today, and we're here because of the t these technologies that you developed. Did you think that there would be a whole community based off of this? Well, I guess I didn't think that far in advance. I, I knew early on this is something really big. It is transformational in terms of the way that we interact with computing machines to get bandwidth to and from the brain. And I knew that even at that time we were experimenting with AI, that AI would be a component to actually help um, adapt the environment in real time with what we're trying to do, our intent. And so it, it wasn't that, uh, that this, uh, AI is a new thing or VR is a new thing. Right. Uh, uh, it, it, um, so uh, at the time I saw, good grief, look at, I'm just, I was thinking about all the problems we could solve with this. Um, and especially uh, education and training and uh, medicine, uh, training physicians, you know, surgeons, things like that. But um, it, it didn't dawn on me there would be these thousands of people yeah. that would gather in an event. I mean, I, I, this is something that that oh, have yeah. been a surprise. And, and then all of them come up to me and say, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having, for, you know, and it wasn't, there's nothing special about me. I just happened to be there at the time and, and I had a problem I was trying to solve. So it was, it was necessity, it was the mother invention. But now to see it, uh, what's happening with right. all the people and all the energy and things like that. It's really gratifying. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a baby, you know, you have, yeah. and you have grandchildren now and things like right. that. Great grandchildren coming yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Virtual World Society is a wonderful organization that has helped so many individuals. What are your hopes for the future as far as projects that we're working on and things and missions that we're going to accomplish with the Virtual World Society? Well, certainly um, we, we want to encourage the uh, the development of the technology to make it accessible to people and things like that. That's, that's a big deal. But, but uh, I don't want us to be intoxicated by this technology as much as we need to realize it is just a tool. And uh, that tool is to help us become more human. Because I really believe that we have so much capacity is not developed yet. And this is a tool that can help us do that. Uh, just the way we use our senses. I mean, our senses are much greater than what we tune into cognitively, and we can train ourselves to do that. So I believe that this is a, the biggest impact, ultimately, is not gonna be that we have uh, these, all these virtual worlds we can go into and, and visit and things like that, as much as we're gonna be better. Yeah. We're going to be better at being humans, not only in terms of using the capability we have in these bodies, but how we relate to others yeah. and how we are able to see the importance of this relationship. And now, of course, with VR and with the, the, the metaverse we're talking about, we can connect the whole world, you yeah. know, this idea of becoming one as a civilization to address the pervasive problems we have. Because let's look at uh, climate change is not gonna be done by one nation. Yeah. You gotta have everybody involved in, do, in working on it. So it, I think it does have that opportunity for us to become one uh, in purpose. 
and uh, to uh, lift those who uh, don't have uh, access and don't have the opportunity to the point where they can do it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I love the Virtual World Society's mission and I support it. And if people want to get involved, they can go to the virtualworldsociety.org, right, and become a member, help us out. Yes. We want it, we need it. The support means everything to us. So thank you, Tom, for creating this organization, for creating this technology, and thank you for just being you. We, we owe it all to you. Oh, thank you, Maxwell. But, but really, remember your part in this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and you're, you're a pioneer as well. Yeah. And so um, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, I'm, they call me the grandfather of virtual reality, but I say, no, I'm really a grandfather of virtual reality yeah. because I had a lot of folks that uh, helped me and that were, that I built upon their shoulders. Yeah. And so um, uh, it takes a village. Yeah to do the metaverse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this community is that village. Let's all combine together, help each other out. We can do this. So thank you so much, Tom, for, uh, for allowing me to talk to you. And uh, we will see you around. Welcome to AWE, everybody. What is going on, everybody? It is Maxwell here with Kyle Miranda. Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. How are you? Fantastic. How are you enjoying AWE so far? Uh, I'm loving it. I love coming here just to reconnect with everybody. That's yeah. my, my biggest thing here. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's a lot of the OGs here. People yes. consistently come here every year, and it's good to meet uh, meet new people, you yeah, know? absolutely. Every year there's new creators, new people playing with new tech, which is what I enjoy. We've been yeah. doing this for like a decade now, so yeah. just seeing... New people get involved with the technology is always exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the technology that you're working on right now, what projects are really exciting you? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> so we were, uh, 302 Interactive, we do pretty much everything. We're, we're an agency. Um, so we're, we're doing a government project right now that's gonna, about to be announced, um, doing VR training simulation um, for the Marine Corps. And then on the completely other side, we're doing a medical solution for augmented reality uh, with new eyes, doing surgical navigation, which we gave a talk about yesterday. Um, and then on the other other side, we're making games. We've been working really on focusing on games as, a, as content, um, seeing things like Fortnite and these other platforms that are now almost taking the YouTube model, but for games. And so how do we start building smaller content that's appealing for folks? Yeah. So we've been a little all over the place. Right, right. Well, it's honestly fantastic to see all these creators coming together, especially an organization which creates so much amazing content. And content creators, it seems like, are being really impacted by the changes in the industry. What are your thoughts on, more specifically, AI and what AI is doing for content creators and organizations? Yeah, um, I'm a big believer that AI is the, the apps level of the interface for XR, and yeah. so there, there has to be synergy between those two ecosystems. Um, I definitely think there's a bit of a hit on the creator side, the artist side. There's still lots of um, Wild West things that need to be managed and, and yeah. made sure that we're following proper ethical practices that help support the community rather than hold it back. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be an exciting time to really help XR because of the complexity of our work. Right? Yeah. It's a lot harder to make 3D experiences versus making a video, but with AI, you simplify that process, you make it more accessible. That's, Absolutely. I think, what's gonna make it take off. Yeah. Are you guys currently using AI for your organization? We do, yeah, I use it a lot uh, for my writing. I use it for uh, code now as well, like I, I'm using Copilot, so. We haven't got into the generative uh, art side yet. Yeah. We actually are 
doing internal like roundtables around how do we want this to go? Because it is a concerning ethical side of how that how that gets managed, um, and I want my team to be involved in that conversation. Yeah. So you've been involved in XR, you said, for about a decade, right? Now, were you doing something before this, or have you always done XR? I pretty much always done this. I started uh, in game design when I was like 19 at UCF over in Florida. Yeah. Um, and when I was 20, I got into... Uh, uh, the DK1 and turned it into a, its own AR headset, just threw some webcams onto it, just was experimenting and just kind of fell into that and started my company and didn't graduate and just kind of kept growing and, yeah. you know, been doing this for a decade now. So. Yeah. Well, it's amazing to see the work that you've done and the work that you are doing. Anything that you've seen at AWE that really excites you? Um, I'm glad I got to meet Uncle Rabbit. That yeah. was awesome. Like I said, the convergence of this 3D space with AI, I think is going to be really important for lots of experiences. Um, what else have I seen? Hmm. I think that was like the big one for me. Same yeah. One. yeah. That's definitely a big one. Yeah. Well, that is excellent. And we need more content creators in this space who are willing to innovate and willing to incorporate these new technologies. So thank you for what you do. And uh, thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And we will see everybody at AWE. Hey, everybody. It is Maxwell here with Ari Tar, the original Raptor. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Uh, you are an educator. You are very knowledgeable about XR. How exciting is it to be at AWA? Is this your first time? No, no, no. So the first time I, I think it was twenty, I think it was twenty eleven, if not earlier. And Bruce Sterling was giving the keynote, and Layar, an AR company, asked me to interrupt the keynote speech wearing like a Tyvek suit and stage a street art an. AR street art protest, and they were like, oh yeah, Bruce totally knows all about it. He did not know. Nobody told him. Oh. And therefore, he started again, and I almost had to physically restrain Bruce Sterling for oh. this job, this very strange job I was supposed to do. Yeah. I said, get out of the way, Mr. Sterling! It was very, very strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's certainly a story, you know, and yeah, that's the thing, is you get a story out of it, and that's, that's the wonderful thing. So, AWE, you know, this year is really big. Anything specifically that you're excited about? AI, the new uh, Apple coming out, you know, with their announcement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, of course, there's the forward-facing internally for the community. Obviously, there's a lot of haptics, which yeah. I like to see, especially, and you know, this is spatial computing below the neck, so including the body is something that I teach a lot of my students. Uh, I just finished, uh, I taught at NYU, uh, and I just finished teaching at York University. I'll be going to the Next Stage Conference in LA tomorrow to be speaking about XR education for theater. And, you know, well, yeah, the thesis is why take theater and VR, two unprofitable things, and combine them? Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my answer is that actually theater and physical expression of us being in 3D space is the essential operating system of how XR is supposed to work. Yeah. You know, and Marshall McLuhan says every single new media platform is going to imitate the previous media. Well, this is actually combining with the most ancient form of media, storytelling in a room to the people that are right there, and now we can scale that all over the world. But, yeah. but theater and performance technique is actually the core of what makes that work. So yeah. that's my thesis. So do you think immersion is necessary when it comes to storytelling? Is that a necessary element of storytelling? Well, I mean, we're immersed when a great storyteller is telling us a story, but he is using the, uh, the operating system of our imagination, 
right? And so the way that he's programming that is you use your body and your voice and pulling people in. And now you can do that with the entire environment, but there's hundreds and hundreds of years of thought about how to do that. How do you build a 3D space to express something that cannot be told? How do you uh, use sound, spatial sound design and um, you know, placing things all around you. Like this is, these are solved problems. They're just, they've been done in theater. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's really fascinating to see. When did you get involved with, uh, with XR? Because I know you've been involved with theater for a long time. Did, did XR come after theater? Well, so yeah, I had 10 years where I was, when I graduated with a degree in multimedia immersive theater design. And I was like, yeah, sorry, mom, what are you going to do with that? But uh, so, so then 10 years I was in the Bay Area designing projection mapped installations and sets for theater. And everybody that I, that, that I was in the community with had got the DK1 uh, you know, around 2014. So I got one as well. I thought this is the future, got the Gear VR, did my first VR touring theater show, uh, and then co-founded a company in 2016 to make theater tools for creators. Of course, as everyone knows, that was way too early to do something like that, but ended up to give, doing a lot of consulting on companies that had basically, they, they knew something was there and they didn't know how to crack it. Um, and then the pandemic hit and then it's just like, I'm on the front page of the New York Times uh, as the one of only two companies that are paying actors. So, you know, obviously people are recognizing the value of this. I was much too early, but I got my hands on everything first. So yeah. um, I got to make a lot of mistakes before yeah. everyone else. Well, I feel like that's that's how you make it in this business is you make the mistakes, you learn from them, and you create something really wonderful, which is what you've done. You know, you've created these immersive experiences that students can enjoy that involves them in the lesson in ways that we've never seen before. You know, education has taken on a completely new form. And anything coming up that you're really excited about? I mean, uh, of course, uh, there's some new headsets that are coming out, but I... What I'm really interested about is something that I just pitched to an education board of, like I said to them, look, media is changing, and I this is a job that I made up that I need you to pay me for, because that's how education is changing. And so a lot of the problems that have been solved for XR theater creation or XR immersive live experience creation to scale around the world is great. We, it's very hard problems, and they're finally starting to get solved. Um, you can use XR as a, as a 3D performative platform and then it's combined with film and TV. So, uh, you know, uh, universities are not good at interdepartmental communication and this is by nature interdisciplinary. So the, the ones that will solve that first will get ahead. You know, ASU uh, is where the Next Stage Conference is and they were the first to go online. So I think they're they're going to get this first. But what I'm pitching to them is that what we need now is an IRL location to root at all of these scaling XR experiences and take what's truly human and magical about being in the same room and find a way to transmit that into XR. Yeah. You know, it it's, can be very ethereal, and I've done this. Like, to, to make a, an experience really feel like you're there, it takes a lot of extra work. But if you root it in a live IRL location that has projection mapping or hologram, how do you bring the live and make that essential and transmit it through XR technology into, into the cloud? Yeah, yeah. 
all I got to say is that this industry, especially academia, needs more individuals like you because seriously, you know, education has been changing a lot, especially these past couple of years. It stayed the same for a while, you know, and everything was traditional and everything was the same. But, you know, you're kind of changing the game in this way. And it's really exciting to see. And how has the reaction been from your students? I mean, it's been amazing. You see some that really, really get it. Um, but what's been really interesting is I, I just had a meeting with a series of charter schools in L.A. And they say that eighth graders, they're, they're interested, but it's kind of similar to college students that if you get them a little earlier at sixth grade, like they just hit the ground running. They, have, they, they take to it. Like the, the neuroplasticity is still there to a certain degree that it is becoming part of them. And I feel like you know, we're, we're doing all of this work, but this is preparing really the next generation, which I, and who is going to really know how to use this um, for what it's meant for. And I feel like that's kind of our job right now is to prepare them. Well, I'm certain that they are going to be very prepared, especially with you at the helm, and it is really exciting. So thank you for everything that you do in this community, and it's great to meet people like you. So thank you so much for talking with me. You're very welcome. Great to meet you. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much. All right. Join us at AWE. Thanks, everybody.